0: Hey listeners, it's Amanda, and I'm here to tell you about the upcoming virtual licensed Scrum Master for Nonprofits course offered by Agile and Nonprofits. The course starts on September 11th. In just five mornings, from the comfort of your own desk, with the support of the D.H. Leonard consulting team, you'll become a licensed Scrum Master. Visit their website, agileinnonprofits.com, to sign up today. <music> there. I'm
1: Kimberly Hayes Day Muga
0: and I'm Amanda Day and
1: you are listening to
0: season three of the fundraising heyday podcast. Kimberly and I are a dynamic duo bringing you insight and knowledge into the ever-evolving world of grants development and fundraising. It's also a very real possibility that we'll break into song.
1: Oh, especially today.
0: Yes. Talk about pie or refer to you, dear listeners, as Mm y'all. And we hope all y'all will subscribe to the Fundraising Heyday podcast.
1: This podcast is brought to you by our season three sponsor, D.H. Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. Hey, don't let grants stress you out. Their team can help you with grant readiness and training, grant research, grant writing, and grant mock review. Did you know that with every Fundraising Heyday episode, we create a coordinating blog post on their website, dhleonardconsulting.com. Check it out today. Once again, I would like to talk about something deep and serious by introducing it with another song that I've butchered that is not deep and serious. Why you ask? Because deep and serious things are sometimes better examined if you don't take yourself too seriously. That's why. I want to say, please, please, delve deeply and seriously into the, into your career, your family, love, friendship, poetry, saving the world, service to others, spirituality, religious faith, science, whatever works. But don't for a red hot minute think that you won't at some point feel silly for doing so. Going deep into serious things is not necessarily valued in our society all the time, but that's okay. Do it anyway. And if you need to sing a little song to do it, that's fine too. So Amanda, are you ready?
0: Let's hit it, Kimberly. All right. Let's get quizzical, quizzical. I want to get quizzical. Let's get into quizzical. Check out the Enneagram, the Enneagram. Check out the Enneagram, yeah.
1: <laughs> Woo! Oh, girl! I mean, if the podcasting thing doesn't work out, I think the record companies are just going to come a calling. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I know. Friends who know me know that as much as I love karaoke, I usually go with rap tunes because yeah, singing is not really my forte. So sorry for objecting you all to this, but you oh, know. But
1: don't don't apologize <laughs> for capturing people's attention in a way that now allows us to. Turn into a, maybe a more serious topic, something that could be super helpful. So um, today's episode um, is brought to you by my own intense dislike of anything that typecasts, generalizes, or in any way puts people in boxes. So just just know that. <laughs> this also includes most of the mandatory professional development classes, and I'm I'm not going to name names, but you know, the old shifting paradigms uh, lots of worksheets, maybe a graph and a book and all that. Um, there are very few that I've experienced that I actually move forward with and use because I am fairly cantankerous. I think, Amanda, would that be a safe description?
0: (laughs) There are times. Yes.
1: Yes, girl. She's not going to lie. Um, but also I really, I really don't like people telling me who I am or what to do because, I am a product of my culture and also I think my inner crotchety old man um, yelling kids get off my lawn. So I'm just saying there's a lot going on inside. So also I am um, usually really don't trust the kinds of personality quizzes and things that say, oh, well, you're this or you're that because I believe that who you are in terms of how you react to stress or good news or bad news changes according to what's going on in your life.
0: Wait, are you telling me that quiz I took back in 17 Magazine (laughs) um, many years ago? That's that's not accurate about me anymore.
1: (laughs) Girl, I'm old and I want to tell you I took sweet delight in taking many a cosmopolitan (laughs) quiz. Um, I'm going to take you back even further, going to the beauty shop with my mom while she was getting her hair coiffed into a bounteous beehive. Um nice. no, she looked great. She's a beautiful woman, but yeah, that was a style. That was a style. Yes, girl. And um so it was uh it was fun to do that, but yeah, I was like not even 10 years old. So yeah, times change. I've certainly changed. And um what I like about what we're talking about today is the Enneagram and it is a tool, but it is not a box that you get put into. Like, I'm not even a fan of Myers-Briggs because I feel like you, it's, I want to, I want to know myself. I want to be self-aware and use that awareness to help uh, improve myself and, and, you know, do better things in the world, frankly. But I think it's an evolving thing. It's just like recognizing if you were Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street and then continuing to be grouchy all your life because you were like, I'm, quotes, living my truth is, you know, not my ideal of what I want to be. So that's what led me to share this um, Enneagram work with you and to gently pester Amanda until she agreed to do a a podcast (laughs) episode. So I thank you.
0: Yes, well, Kimberly's been talking with me about the Enneagram for a little while now. And I believe you remember um, at the end of season two when we did our transformative top ten, this was one of your top ten items. True that. Correct. Um, And it's one of those things, until Kimberly mentioned it, I had never heard of it. Um, and then it, I feel like suddenly I'm hearing it everywhere. Like I heard another podcaster mention it on on an episode. And I think I saw it on TV once. And it's one of those things. It's like it's probably been around before because I didn't know what it was. I didn't pay any attention to that word. I just ignored it. But now that I know, I feel like it's everywhere. Okay. So um,
1: oh, I got to break in and say, I pronounce it Enneagram. I've heard people pronounce it Enneagram. And if you have strong thoughts, either way, you're entitled to your thoughts and feelings, but we are going to go with Enneagram and <laughs> uh, we'll have link to more information um, um, in our show notes. So just want to clear the air because I would re- much rather everybody kind of Uh, settle in and listen to how we're interpreting this versus getting all freaked out about how we pronounce it. Because I've heard it both ways, honestly, but do go ahead, my friend. Do go ahead. Yes.
0: And I may butcher the pronunciation, but that's okay. Um, So first of all, um, the thing to remember is that it's a tool, nothing more, Mm -hmm. nothing less. Okay. So the Enneagram is a way to type your personality and understand how you automatically respond to stressful times As well as good times okay the idea is that once you understand your go-to response and feelings you will then be better equipped to choose how you interact and react rather than just going on that automatic pilot so kind of like kimberly was saying if you're like well i'm oscar the grouch and so that's just how i am well sure you could be that way or you could say hey i know this is how i react and it's not always helpful and healthy so maybe i could learn to have some better reactions
1: so, so yeah, I mean, sure, Oscar the Grouch. I mean, actually, you know, he's just made a whole viable career out of being Grouchy, and I don't want to discount that, because Sesame Street's an awesome show. But in terms of, like, real-life, non-fuzzy um, puppet kind of things, I think the more that you can kind of get a handle on what's going on inside you then that can maybe help you understand more the person who is working with you or the reactions of other people i it's a it's a deeper spin off of something that amanda and i've talked about before which is like flexing your communication style to get the information that you need out of program staff and accounting to do a grant report for example this is just a bigger deeper look into how you can understand yourself and understand others and just work well together. And it also has, of course, bearing for your personal life.
0: True. But, and can I, can I jump oh, in and say to um, Oscar the Grouch, I do have me a little love for Oscar the Grouch. God, when I was yeah. about three years old, I had to have a major surgery. Um, I was at Vanderbilt University and, of course, I, I think I was in the hospital for, like, eight or nine days. Back then, you know, they kept you in forever. But anyway, my mom said I'd be so unhappy every morning when the doctors would have to come in and poke and prod that I just, I let them know my feelings. And it came to all the nurses <laughs> and doctors on staff dubbed me Oscar the Grouch. So, Aww. I love me a little bit Oscar. So
1: I just love <laughs> that you're standing up for yourself. And you're like, I'm just not going to, well, you're laying it's down. It's like, <laughs> can I just sleep? Can you stop poking me yes. with all these needles and stuff? Whatever. Y'all, you know. hello. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. No, good to set boundaries. Good to set boundaries. But you know, if you were like that every minute of every day in your life, and realized that, and never thought, maybe if I was a little, maybe I could do something that was a little less grouchy then other good things might happen. I'm just putting Absolutely. it out there. Yeah. And what the other thing that I love about the Enneagram is that you do it yourself. No one, you're not filling in these little bubble dots with your little number two pencils and somebody's telling you, well, according to the way you filled out these dots today, you are X and that is who you are. That's not where this is coming from. And also full disclosure, we are beginners in this. Certainly I have a big old beginner's mind when it comes to this. I've done this for myself. I asked my husband to do this, and I have talked to some folks who do this um, as a part of the kinds of counseling and other things that they do in their lives, and we um, also have a tie-in with our season sponsor, DH Leonard Consulting, because Diane Leonard and her team also do that, so it's not just me. Just want to put that out there.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, Uh Let's be clear. I'm a total noob at Enneagrams, but excited to learn more. Um, And yeah, Diane um, with DH Leonard, I love that they use it as a form of team building um, because the idea is the better you understand how your coworkers think and react to things, the better you can all work together. So it certainly has some workplace applicability here.
1: And again, I feel like broken record time, but I just really, this is so important. It is not about saying, and we'll get to the their, like some their numbers associated with their nine different types. It's not about saying, I'm a number six. And so if whatever I do to act out, that's okay because I'm a number six. That's just not where we're heading. That's just not, to me, that's not the point of it. Again, it's about understanding what's different and then what is similar about people in your work and personal life and how you can work better together. So my grouchy buddy, Amanda... Now I just want to. Amanda, can you just pop out? Can let's do a picture of you just popping out of a trash can, you know, and going. Hey, hey. I would like that. But anyway, while I'm working with that mental image um, that no one can scrub from their minds, probably um, Amanda's going to list out the nine basic personality uh, types of the Enneagram. So take it away.
0: Yeah, so just like in the grant-seeking world, there are different names and different standardizations for Enneagram work, Um, just like there's all kinds of different grant applications and report forms. Um, But these are the categories that tend to be most commonly used. Okay, so type 1 is the reformer, type 2 the helper, type 3 the achiever, type 4 the individualist, type 5 the investigator, type six, the loyalist, type seven, the enthusiast, type eight, the challenger, and type nine, the peacemaker.
1: Nicely done. Um, I will go out on a limb and say that type one is also sometimes called the perfectionist. And so later on, we'll have a big old ask me how I know about that. But um, once you choose a primary type, and I want to back up a second and say the way that at least I was shown how to do that, it's um, it's a, how would you describe it, Amanda? It's sort of a list of questions, and you're just sort of going through and identifying with one thing or another, and it takes a while to do it. So it's not one of those quick, I'm in the beauty shop, <laughs> back of the magazine <laughs> quizzes. <laughs> it, it was, for me at least, it, w- it just took some time, and it's something that you should really do yourself and try really hard not to figure out what other people are until they identify themselves so to me that was the big difference
0: um Um, and it's yeah honestly it's not even it's not even questioned so it's not which is so not what I expected like I thought it was going to be you know kind of a multiple choice thing. And then based on your scores, you'd add up and figure out which is what a lot of things are. It's more of a, it's a paragraph that has a lot of different statements and you have to read over and figure out which resonates with you. And it's, you know, there are some things in there that you're like, oh, well, that sentence isn't true. So I can't be this. But the reality is, you've got to take the totality of it, not just one or two sentences. And it it is. So do some thoughtful reflection to figure this out. Well
1: said, my friend. And if you are thinking about, um, and again, we're just going into the basic types today, and that's it. There's a whole sort of sub-level where it's like you have your core type, and then you have a secondary, you know, one that you might also click with most of the time, but not nearly as much as that first primary type. And they interact, and there are all these things that I am um, not qualified to go into, but I just want to introduce the topic. And when, a lot of times when you see an Enneagram chart or diagram or cover of a book that has to do with Enneagrams, it's usually there's some sort of circle associated, looks kind of like a clock face or a traditional watch for children who have only known digital. There used to be watches that had numbers <laughs> in a circle, and that's okay. It's okay. You can look it up. I'm not judging. I'm just saying, because, you know, you may not have ever... Um, been around that so um, a traditional clock face with and it starts like it at, 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 with type one I think at one o'clock and then the rest of them are, are fairly evenly spaced they're nine not ten so it doesn't match up exactly I mean nine not twelve excuse me. Yeah. So it
0: match <laughs> it's been up. a long time since you had one of those watches huh Kimberly?
1: <laughs> I should have probably I don't even wear a watch here I am trying to school people and some I don't even do but anyway um, yeah yeah i um, reviewing my time
0: any well we can think about it like if a lot of people these days have an apple watch or something similar and so many of the apps are related to that circle like um i know i have an apple watch so i've got different rings i'm supposed to close every day for my my breathing my you know steps and so it's my exercise goals i've set and so as you kind of see it moving around you want to close all your rings and Sometimes I do, sometimes not so much, but that's another story for another day.
1: So it's a continuum. So y'all can okay boomer me, whatever, but don't okay boomer Amanda because that's not even her age group. So
0: no, but yeah, it's, it's very helpful to think of this as a continuum and that your core personality types share some traits with those other right around your main type on the circle. Okay.
1: And I think it's also really important to understand that there's no cut and dried you you're like you might identify with the majority of the statements in one and then there but there might be some others as i said before there could be secondary things um it's just really for me, it's been very useful to understand as I've gotten further into the process that there are ways that types across the circles interact. And getting back to Diane's team, DH Learner Consulting, season three sponsor, how they each are do it on their own and then come back to the team and it helps to figure out how best to work with each other. And again, for me, the for me the big one of the biggest takeaways has been how I react under stress, which most of us are under at some point or another, and um, how I react automatically, given sort of how I'm hardwired, if you will. And then I can recognize that and recognize what I usually do and then stop myself and go, is that really what I need to do? Does that make sense?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's like I'm forever telling my kids, you know, because anytime they get mad at one another. And it's always when I talk to him, well, it's his fault. He did this. He did this. And I always (laughs) tell my kids, you cannot control how other people are, but you can control how you react to that. And so I think the more you know about how people tend to respond and what their personality is, the more you can better temper your responses even before going in. Like we all know those people we work with that we don't love working with them for whatever reason. And sometimes just, it's just helpful knowing, you know what, this is how they are. I can either make it worse or I can, I can just understand that and things will get along better.
1: It's kind of like traffic, you need to understand how badly it stresses you out. <laughs> are there things i because we both live in the Atlanta area, and granted, this episode is being recorded during partial reopening of Georgia in the um the response to covid nineteen where traffic has been very different. Yes, uh, but I have also read that there are actually more crashes and speeding right now, so It can still be stressful, just in a different way. So um, I would just say that this is a a kind of thing for, for everyone to, again, it's inside yourself, looking at what you do, seeing what stresses you, and then based on how you're wired, that's how you react to it.
0: Yep. Okay, Kimberly, so for our listeners who are still following along with us, they're like, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) The two people who are still here, come on, y'all, let's go together.
0: How is this related to grant seeking or philanthropy or fundraising? Um, Can you share that with us, my tea-guzzling friend and co-host?
1: I actually just took a sip of tea, but yeah, here we are. So, So here's the deal understanding again and we and we've brought this up earlier but I, it, it's so worth mentioning again understanding the likenesses and differences in the way you and your co-workers act and react in the workplace can actually build a more cohesive team the, this works best when everyone has taken their own self-determined enneagram type Where this can go off the rails is if you start slotting people into what types you think they are, and that's just wrong on so many levels. There is an interesting take on all of this in Helen Palmer's book, The Enneagram in Love and Work. And I also recently came across a short article online from Jenny Catron that was actually published in February 2019, but it's super valid, and I'm happy to shout it out about that. It's on the site Global Leadership Network, and the title is Four Tips for Using the Enneagram for Team Development. She starts out with the same point I just made about not choosing types for anyone but yourself. Her second point is so well stated I just want to read it part of it right now. So here's what she said or wrote. Remember that the Enneagram is not designed to pigeonhole someone into a type. While we all have a type that reflects our automatic self, and this type will not change, the Enneagram is designed to help us become more integrated. Our automatic type will learn to be more fluid and balanced. As we grow and move to the healthiest version of our type, we will not be as extreme in our type or reflect the negative attributes of our type as strongly. And we gave some, uh, examples earlier on Amanda and I about that, about, oh, she's bossy. She's must be a four or an eight or two. Oh, that's why she's so moody. She's a four. It's like, that doesn't excuse you any more than the, uh, than Oscar, the grouch in the workplace. It's just knowing where you go first and working to give yourself choices about how you do it. Finally, um, Um, Jenny Catherine writes, we must resist the urge to limit people's potential by seeing them as the stereotype of their number, which is why I am not a fan of most personality typing things, and it's why I'm a big fan here of Enneagrams. And she also goes on in the article to talk about some of the things we've already touched on about understanding other people's motivations and behavior, And finally, if you are a grants manager or you're a, program director or ed or even if you don't manage anyone but you manage projects involving lots of people hello grant writers and fundraisers then mm-hmm. this it can give you a deeper understanding on either how to best coach others if you supervise them or to encourage them somehow through the way you interact with them to give the best information to help complete the tasks that you're doing together and um she also points out that helping yourself and your staff uh, become more self-aware is just a tremendous way to build a healthy uh, team and build trust. And again, it's just a tool to try and create a healthier organizational culture.
0: Good points. So I got to know Kimberly, which of the nine Enneagram personality types do you identify most with?
1: Girl, it, it's probably should be stunningly obvious. Um, I, I've been using the Enneagram as a tool for personal development. I've been working with a spiritual director uh, out of a a church I attend for a while now, but when I, it's, it was just, it's going to be a, you know, me, it's going to be a long answer to your question. So just buckle up buttercup. Here it comes. But when I first began exploring these different types and just sort of dealing with some work and personal stress issues on a broader scale, it took me some time to understand that deep down I actually share, I can't, I can't even say this with a straight face, I share the most traits in common with the number one, which is known as the reformer, and it's also known as a perfectionist, and I just, I resisted that because I never thought of myself that way, but the day that it finally dawned on me, because you know, I've been reading and reacting and reflecting and blah blah blah, doing all, I don't mean to discounted but it was a lot of it was a lot of inner inner study (laughs) and then um the this very sweet and wise woman suggested to me hey based on what we're talking about and based on your responses to these questions you could be a perfectionist I had gone through the whole process she was not trying to type me she was just leading me into a moment and I said yeah, well, I'm gonna edit what I said because I'm gonna <laughs> be cuss here. But I was like, I couldn't possibly be a perfectionist because I can never do any bleep thing right. And she looked uh-huh. at me <laughs> and I looked at her and I was like, Oh, you <laughs> need I get really stressed because I can't be perfect. And she's like look at that I'm like yeah look at that so um and to her credit she didn't laugh um and it but it really helped me understand that just because I wasn't like Martha Stewart like in the house that didn't mean that I didn't have strong perfectionist tendencies in other aspects of my life in fact pretty much all work-related aspects of my life and um yeah, it also explained uh, a lot to help me understand why I was plagued by and continue to be at times plagued by procrastination and some other unhelpful behaviors. Because if you have to get it right, sometimes you just don't want to start because it won't be perfect. I mean, duh. But anyway, are, are you surprised by any of this, Amanda? Be honest, be honest, be honest. Actually, no, because I think the perfect (laughs) thing that you. He's like, girl, (laughs) you've been driving me crazy for years. What do you mean? What do you mean?
0: I think that's so true. When your reaction was, I can't be a perfectionist. I'm not perfect. That just shows that you're striving to to be that. So, which is, um, I'll be honest, that's not my number one, but that was like, if I had to rank them, that would have been my number two on my list too. So I I think i I recognize that in you. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thanks for being gentle, but yeah, I I just, I think it's, I think it's hilarious when I look back on it now and, you know, I'm just hoping if, if it helps anybody, if it helps one, one listener figure something out about themselves. that was that deep and profound. Then it's worth it to me because that was that was a lot of time when I could have maybe been addressing it. But the important thing is I'm addressing it now, and um, I'll be. And so once this episode drops, there'll be uh, a blog post that sort of coordinates with it, and I'll be um, writing and talking about that and. I um, would love for people who are listening, if it's something that you um, are working with or maybe this inspires you to start it, we'd love to hear from you. And um, I'm thinking that maybe Amanda might have something to share about her Enneagram type.
0: Yeah, I certainly, I haven't read books on it yet. I haven't delved as deeply as Kimberly has, but have spent some time looking over that um, since she had brought it up and mentioned wanting it to be one of oh, our wait episodes. A I have to,
1: no, brought it up. Welcome to, look at this, look at this. You should do this. Look at this. Here's a book. Look at this. Look at this. These are great.
0: But it that's was, how you do. When you find something that profoundly – affects your own life you want to share it with the people you love right so i
1: i was a big old chair so you're too kind but 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 hit us I'm, up what, what's the name
0: I'm my i think the biggest one that resonates with me is the peacemaker i can totally see that Yes. So the last sentence in the paragraph that they give you says, I like for life to be comfortable and harmonious and for others to be accepting of me. I'm like, yep, that's my ideal it's right there.
1: <laughs> wow. You know what? My, I, that's my, when my husband took it, that was one of his secondary traits. And I'm thinking about that now. I'm like, huh, to work with me or to live with me in America. <laughs> I must need some peacemakers in my life. That is hilarious. Because I did not know that I had, I was trying so hard not to think about it because I just wanted to hear you, you know, what you had to say. Uh And it it does make total sense. It does make total sense. But I just, that's funny. That's funny.
0: So now that everybody knows about this, they uh, have to go and check out what theirs is.
1: Oh, yeah. And um, we would love for you again to subscribe to not only uh, other navel gazing podcast episodes like the one today, but <laughs> actually, no, not navel gazing, important inner work that allows you to raise more money to do more good things. How about that? Um, and we are at fundraisinghayday.com.
0: Yes. And you can follow us on Twitter at Funding Heyday. And we'd love to uh, hear from you. Give us a tweet and let us know your Enneagram personality type. Um, and ha- maybe even how knowing that has helped you um, in the world of grants and nonprofits, or even just in your life in general, because I-, I firmly believe the the better life is for you at home, the better it is at the workplace and vice versa. I think. Uh, I'm, the peacemaker in me wants it all to be harmonious. Oh, so, yes,
1: please yeah, all come along, or you're going to make Amanda anxious, and you don't oh, want to do that.
0: I feel like we need to start breaking into kumbaya now. Oh, okay. oh I don't
1: know. Is <laughs> the, the world ready for that? But, but um, also, before we go, I just want you to remember that there is no specific college degree and grant writing or fundraising, but there are a lot of good people with experience to share training programs, and other ways to learn. And we would love for this podcast to be a part of your professional development lineup. And again, um, we would love to hear from you on Twitter about how your Enneagram journey might be going. And our handle there is at Funding Heyday. And check it out.
0: Thank you again to our season three sponsor, DH Leonard Consulting and Grant Writing Services. We appreciate their support in making grants less stressful. Visit their website, dhleonardconsulting.com to learn more. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes this season. In two weeks, we will share our interview with Pat Debo. Pat is a fellow Atlanta grant professional who has an incredible story about recognizing her own burnout in the field of grants. I love what she has to share with us. And I know you will too. Be sure to tune in. Bye for now, dear listeners. Bye.